Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? Good. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Finally out of quarantine, which is nice. Get some fresh air. Um, so, yeah. I mean, can't really complain. Panthers been on a roll. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, life's, uh, life's good. Yeah, it seems like it could be going a lot worse right now. Yeah, yeah, things could be a lot worse. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, good news. We're um, we're talking uh, just before we, we hit record here uh, about different stuff to kind of talk about on this episode because we weren't sure, you know, if we we're gonna have enough stuff. Turns out we got lots of different things we can talk about. Not sure we're gonna have enough time to get through all of them um, because we're recording this one late. Um, so I say we just get right into it with our first topic: Olympic hockey. Olympics are over. Finland taking home the gold. Former Panthers legend Harry Sateri backstopping the Finns to the win. Did you watch any of the Olympic hockey? I did. I didn't watch any of the men's though. Okay, cool. Me. I... There, there was there was an attempt at watching the quarterfinal Canada versus Sweden game because I was up working late. I guess. And I went to bed as the game was beginning, and I woke up as the game was ending. All right, so you caught a little bit. So of I it. kind of watched, but I kind of didn't. Definitely watched the Amer- the um, the women's and the uh, Americans versus the Canadians, both of those matchups, and a few other uh, matchups for the Canadian women, um, but did not get to seeing much of the men. Yeah, like with the with with the women's hockey at the Olympics, like I'm always interested, right? It's always good. Like it's best on best competition. I know there was that uh that one reporter who had the article that was like women's hockey uh doesn't belong at the Olympics. That to me blasphemous. Um, yeah, like I always watch that because it's you know the best best players in the world going up against the best. It's always fun. I know it's mostly Canada USA pretty much every time, um, but it's a great rivalry. It goes, you know. Canada wins it some years, U.S. wins it others, right? So it's always fun. Um, so always watch that. The men's hockey, though, uh, yeah, I watched like almost none of it, just because like it's just not best on best, right? Like the only reason I could think of for watching like the men, like I, I guess like it, it's fun to you know I think a little bit could be like you know like well where are they now? Your favorite fringe NHL players from like the mid 2000s right like that's always fun um to see you still kick and i know like all the leafs fans were pretty gassed seeing leo Komarov win gold right <laughs> and you know long time maple leaf martin marinchin winning uh bronze with slovakia for me the only real reason i wanted to watch was to see uh 
Juraj uh, Slikovsky on the Slovakian team because he's one of the top prospects for, for the NHL draft this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he absolutely tore it up. Seven goals, zero assists at the Olympics. Doesn't matter. Um, great tournament for him. Uh, I don't know how much you caught of, of him at the tournament or have seen of him this year, this year, but where do you see him going uh, come draft time? It's tough to say. Um, obviously, with a performance that good, I looked up his stats real quick um, what, after that gold medal game when everyone was talking about him. Um, you know, it's I it's so hard to tell. Like, I, I'm going to say, like, probably first half of the first round. That's my yeah. guess. He's huge. Like, I've seen some people have him at one. I've seen some people have him, like – like I think everyone I've talked to has him in the top ten. Like um, he's massive. And like, and we'll talk more about him for sure. And like, if we do a, a draft episode, I know there's not probably as much interest in this year's draft from a a, a Panthers perspective, just without the first rounder. Um, but we got Jacob Barker, our, our our scouting guy, so he he'll hop on, I'm sure, for an episode. Uh, and but I think yeah, I, I love Sukovsky. I'd probably have him top five for me. Um. But one of the weird things I found, just a quick side note on this draft, is that there's so many guys playing in so many different leagues, it's hard to really gauge who's better than who. Like, it's not like you have a bunch of guys coming from the CHL and you can compare the competition level fairly easily or guys coming through the U.S. National Development Program. But when you got guys playing in Slovakia, guys playing in Finland, guys uh, playing in the CHL, like all the top picks are just all over the place. It's hard to get a read. Yeah, it's... It, it that that that's why and like yeah you got a few a few guys like go to the the Olympics few young guys but not really any like top eligible talent. Yeah, I would have liked to see more of that there. I think there would have been more interest if there were more players like that. But I think a lot of countries just opted to go with the veteran lineups. Yeah, which which kind of makes sense. I mean, you'd expect it. It's probably who earns it the most too, who deserves it the most as well yeah and it's like your last shot at it yeah um for the young players like you know if they make it to nhl maybe they they do get to go or don't get to go we don't know what's gonna happen with the nhl at the olympics i'm assuming that they probably don't go again i i'm assuming we see a world cup of hockey i think you have to and i think it makes the most sense for um for for, for everyone really like for the nhl you have a lot, you have the revenue control, which is huge. You have the ability to schedule it when you want it, probably put it before the season uh, and make it a really good tournament. Um, and I say for like the Olympic hockey, I think they should just make it kind of amateurs. You could make it like the world juniors. Yeah. So like, I, I remember back around world junior times, so I saw a post on Twitter suggesting they should just make the Olympics, the world juniors. And, you know, I thought about it and I was like, well, like, yeah, kind of like that's basically what they do in soccer. They have a World Cup every four years. And then they went, but there's all the young players. Olympics is U23, if I'm not mistaken. Like, that'd be it fine. is, but you can, I think you can send an old guy too. Yeah. Yeah. You can like, but the, the gist of it is that it's, yeah, it's the young for, guys. for young guys. And like. The, the difference there is that 
there is no world juniors for soccer. Well, there is a world juniors for soccer, but I, I feel like it just doesn't have the, the same level of excitement that the world juniors in hockey have. Well, yeah. And I think a big part too of world juniors is like having it in a host city where like, like these pot, like these tournament, that tournament does really well in like, in Canada and the U S and European countries where they play it. Right. Like they had it in the Czech Republic, I think two years ago, if you like part of that atmosphere and that I, I love that part of the world juniors having it so far away, if, you know, if the Olympics are, are in Asia, let's say, then I, I don't know if I want to stay up till 3am every night to watch, you know, the, the prospects. I mean, I definitely want to. Um, well, I'm up anyways. We're up right now. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, we'll yeah, but like, and then, Okay, let's say they do make World Juniors for for the Olympics. What happens the other three years? Well, do you just run the tournament those three years and then like the Olympic year, you're just like, ah, it's Olympics now? Can you imagine being a player on the World Junior team and you're the year before the Olympics and it's like, man, it's not fair. Like, it's not fair. You can't can't say, oh, this year... This year's an even year, so you're going to get a medal that means way more. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, like, you have to rethink that entire framework if you bring that approach. So, I like I like it the way it is. I think the NHL should move to a World Cup model. I just... I, okay, wait, I, 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 I want to propose an alternative. Do you make the Olympics like the Spengler Cup? I don't think that would work. That goes against, like, the, like, Olympic spirit or whatever but i love the spangler cup i love the spangler cup too it's, it's, it's but like that's the same problem like yeah the, the, the spangler cup you know like the draw is that it's in davos and you know it's the cool wooden arena every year you know it's that's the draw like i, I honestly i don't know how you could increase the level of excitement but the, the level of excitement is just as high for the other countries really you're just trying to coddle canada and the u.s mostly yeah pretty much pretty much like but, yeah yeah it's it's a bit tricky just one quick note on the world juniors though did you see the announcement about the world juniors yeah august august completely just starting the tournament over from scratch um, like the games in the the winter didn't happen, and completely new teams if countries want. Yeah. So here's the thing. Let's say you're you're Arizona. No, actually, let's say you're Montreal. Fuck Arizona. Um, okay. Harsh. They, they don't deserve no to reason. get picked. They don't get. They don't deserve to get picked in this example because of their arena situation. I'm gonna make that very clear. It's okay. directly targeted at that. Uh, let's say you're Montreal, first overall, second overall, whatever. You draft Shane Wright. You draft other dude. Um, Slikovsky. Yeah, I can't pronounce his name, okay? Um, Fair enough. <laughs> do you, you, you know, you draft him in July. Is Do you let them go to the World Juniors? Yeah. My other thing is, like, what about the guys who didn't make the World Junior teams because they were in the NHL but are still technically eligible? Like, can Canada have Quentin Byfield? I mean, by all accounts, they could. Right. So, and then it's, it's, 
if you're the Kings, do you let Quinn Byfield go train for a month? Uh, why not? Good what if he I. gets injured? He has an injury. Like, like that, uh, that's where they're worried, right? They're worried. Well, I get about the, the I get the worry. Factor. I get the injured factor, but like the end of the day, like getting like I think just playing competitive games too is also like if you're doing it before the season can kind of get players ramped up, right? Or you just get another look at them, right? In a competitive setting, right? Could be beneficial for a team. But yeah, then how do you definitely. Feel, but then how do you feel if you're a player who made the team in December and got cut in August? Like, yeah, because I, you know, if you, if you start getting guys like Quinn Byfield or um, – this is blanking. I know a ton of 20 year olds in the NHL. Dawson right Mercer. Dawson Mercer, Seth Jarvis. Yeah, like can you get those guys? Like, like, can you get those guys? And like if if you can, my guess is a guy like Justin Sordiff could find himself on the out very quickly. Exactly. So it's 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 I'm just bit... I'm just basing it on the, the uh, on his very questionable hit during this year's tournament. Like, do you, I mean, what, like, you've got an NHL player. Why wouldn't you take that guy? Yeah. Like, you, if those guys are available and you have, they're, they're able to play, you take them like 100%. And there's just not going to be enough spots for everybody. Um, in, in the event that that happens, though, that might be the most exciting World Junior tournament we'll, we'll have. Well, yeah, it'd be similar to like the the lockout year. The World Juniors were fantastic. Yeah, because all those guys just were able to play. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, but we'll leave it there because we got some other stuff to talk about. The next thing we got on our list: big trade this week. The Toronto Maple Leafs making a splash, kind of the first team making moves out there. They send Nick Ritchie to the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for Ilya Labushkin and Ryan Dezingle, who they then promptly sent on waivers. Do you, you know, and I know we don't like to talk, you know, we talk about the Leafs a lot on this, but we like fucking hate them. Um, but they're, they're a division rival at the end of the day. So you, you kind of got to talk about it somewhat relevant. Do you like the move for the Leafs? <laughs> Not really. It, it, it puzzles me, man. Like, like, Unless it's part of a bigger plan, like, are you seriously telling me you're making this move because Ilya Labushkin is going to be a deciding factor in you winning the Stanley Cup this year? Well, I think the big decision for them was probably just getting rid of Nick Ritchie's cap. Yeah, in which right. case, it makes sense. Yeah, which which, which like, makes complete sense. Like, Nick Ritchie just didn't work out there in Toronto. Um, maybe he works out in in Arizona. But it's you're you're not really getting rid of that much cap. Like it's pretty much like even if you keep Labushkin yeah. up in the up in the in the NHL. Yeah, I will say this though. I was watching the Leafs the other night. Actually, the night the trade happened, and I was watching their defense. And their defense, I know, you know, people look at the analytics of it, and I swear, you talk to any Leafs fans, they'll try to convince you that their defense is now like legitimately very good, right? Oh yeah. And, and I don't think it's horrendous. But there could be some significant improvement. Like they're they got a couple of good players. Like I think Morgan Riley is is good at what he does. But as as a whole, I don't love that decor. And there's some guys there that like 
if, if two of your D have off nights, I don't think you have enough guys that you can compensate for that. Yeah. I'm a, I'm in fairness. I'm a big Morgan Riley fan. I, I really, really love his game. See, like, like, but, I, I love but Morgan like, Riley, but like, I, I don't think you can have Morgan Riley and then be, be comfortable with, I don't know. Jake Muzzin's okay, but Jake Muzzin's probably like a three, maybe a two, a three. And, he, and he's and he, like he's slowing down. Yeah. Then right? you've got you know like T.J. Brody, Justin Hall, Travis Dermott, and then like pick, like have your pick at Liljegren, Sandine, Labushkin. Now, like, do you feel comfortable with? Because I, I do think Morgan Riley can have can be on, like pretty much every night the, those other five guys it's, yeah but to me like mm. morgan riley's like to me like a very specific type of defenseman like he's not gonna win you many board battles he's not gonna be the most reliable defensively right like his calling cards is offense and he's brilliant at what he does right and he's a great skater he scored a really nice goal the other night he's good at what he does but he, i think you need more like more than just him back there Absolutely. Like, yeah, you look at the past Stanley Cup winners and you don't see a single defense that is comparable to what the Leafs are presenting. No, like, really, like Morgan Riley is the guy I trust probably the most on there. And I'm probably not as big a fan as you are, but I do like the guy. And then Muzzin's okay-ish, but his play style and his skating a little concerning. I like TJ Brody too, right? that's only three of your top six. You still got three spots to fill. And I don't really think they have three other solid options. Like it's a very, it's very mid, like in terms of, um, I just, it's an average, average decor, if not slightly below average. Yeah. Like I think, I think it is. And I don't, I think it, I would say, it's slightly above average maybe in the regular season. It's going to be slightly below our average in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Like just based on the way they play, does Ilya Labushkin help that at all? I no. No. Like, and like that, that's the, that's the thing that, that like, if you really wanted a salary dump, you would take somebody strictly to play in the minors. Yeah. It was weird. It was like, a salary dump, and uh, my guess is a thought from, from the Leafs is that you're dumping a little bit of salary, and then you're probably just getting another guy because you know, like, the thing with playoffs too is that guys get hurt, right? And so it's just another guy that can play should someone go down with injury. Yeah, and, like, like it's obviously, I think what, what Dubas is thinking is it's, it's part of a bigger picture. Yeah. And is that bigger picture Ben Chirot? I hope so. I kind of want it to be. I kind of want that to be the big move they make. Like it would be really reminiscent of when they traded for um, for Thomas Buchanan's. Yeah, where it's like, I guess. But why? Why? Yeah. You know what we? I was thinking about this the other day. Of like just like weird trade deadline moves. And the one that really stuck out to me is when LA went out and got Ben Bishop at the deadline. 
Okay, I remember exactly that trade. LA wasn't even like a contender at that point. I don't think they made the playoffs. LA did not make the play. I think they were like, they might not have even been in a playoff spot when they made that trade. Yeah. And realistically, like, and I want to say like, they probably had like, they probably had a decent backup at the time. It was probably like Bernier or Scrivens or they've had good quick was injured, right? I don't even think quick was injured. Uh, uh, Yeah. The same, I guess, same thing. Kind of like when Vegas went out and got Robin Leonard, and it was like, "Is this the best use of your money?" Like, I, I don't know, just weird ones, some weird, weird moves. Um, but yeah, kind of first domino though with the Leafs there, a name off off the the trade board, if he was even on there in the first place, Nilly Lubushkin. Yeah, and um, yeah, the one I'm really like paying attention to which i don't think he'll be expensive in terms of assets but he's going to cost a fortune in terms of money i don't think we see him get traded but this is a guy that i could easily see the leafs targeting is uh mark giordano yeah well you'd assume like seattle would retain on that right well, but like they named him captain. You assume they're not going to trade their first ever captain in franchise history in the first season. Yeah, but you'd also expect them to not hire Dave Haxtell. And you know what they did? They hired Dave Haxtell. You probably would expect them not even to give Giordano the C considering he, he's gone in a couple of years. Yeah, you'd also probably expect them to not sign Grubauer to like a six by six after like getting Drieger and signing him. Yeah, you want to know what? Seattle might actually do this. I take it back. Like I take I take back my caution. Yeah, like it's on brand. If they, you know, if they've established the brand, brand. They've established the, their brand pretty early on here, and I think that fits with what what they got going on. Um, I like Mike Mark Giordano too. It'd be nice to see him win something, not in Toronto, but like come south. Um, yeah, he'll he, he'll he'll be an interesting name to follow for sure when looking at all the defensemen because he is that you know older vet guy, right? Good leader, uh, type deal. So I assume there'd be a lot of interest in him. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll just have to see. Uh, and we should move on and probably talk about some Panthers uh, hockey here. But first, we got a quick ad read from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It is that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday and everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming res- gambling resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN Redwine in Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y-467-369. Uh, okay, Panthers hockey. Three-game road trip, three wins for the Panthers. Um, we'll talk about uh, the games, some great games, some great performances from guys uh, over the stretch. Um, but first... Uh, one kind of big thing for the Panthers over this last week and a bit was Noel Achari finally coming off IR and getting into a couple of games here. Uh, first off, your impressions of what you saw from Noel Achari uh, in, you know, his first couple of games here this season. Yeah. You know, he just like the guys love them. You can tell. Oh yeah. Like, he fits in so well. Um, noted hat trick scorer in the past. Um, he does do that. You know, and he brings that kind of like grittier edge to the game that just fits so well on that bottom bottom line, especially with, you know, combine that with a guy like Ryan Lomberg who quite enjoys stirring it up. Yeah, just you've a got bit. yourselves a pretty good like pair there. And then if if um if Thornton's in the lineup, then you can add skill there. And it kind of becomes a really, really interesting dynamic on that line. Yeah. Like he's, yeah, we, I think we've seen, well, I like Noel Achari, right. And he's been with the Panthers for a while now. Right. And I think when he, he first got here, he was one of the only guys kind of like that. And now there's several guys that kind of do a lot of Noel Achari type things out there on the ice, play with a bit of sandpaper, can put up some offense. Um, so with that being said, like, do you still, like, do you think Noel Achari, now that he's healthy, right? And it's going to take him, you know, a few games for sure to get up to speed. But do you think he's one of the 12 or 13 best forwards that the Panthers have? And should he be a regular in the lineup? You know, it's it kind of, it's a tough question to answer. Um, like, I want to say it depends. Um, you know, like, it depends who you're playing, I feel. Yeah. Like, he, he could be. I, I do think he is in the top 12. I think he's in the top 12 in an, of an NHL friend, of an NHL team. I, well, I think he's in the top. I, I, think, I think he's in the lineup for most NHL teams. Yeah. But we're talking about one of the best teams in the national hockey league. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to say. Right. And the thing for me is like, personally, like, I don't know if he is like, I just, he's got that grittiness to him. Right. And that's why he's so beloved by the fan base and and by his teammates. Um, But I think there's guys that do that and provide more offense uh, and give you more on the ice than what Noel Achari does. Right. And it's great that the guys love him and he's still, you know, going to be in the room, right? Still practicing, right? So he's still around, right? He's still got that, you know, influence over the team, the intangibles. But on the ice, like, I'm not sold on Noel Achari being in the lineup on this Panthers team just with 
and that I think just says a lot about the way this team is built and how many good forwards that they have. Yeah, like I, I think that right now the fact that both Mammon and Thornton are both injured because those are two guys that you would see directly compete for Achari's spot on the roster. Yeah, like I and realistically, I think if both those guys are healthy, like I'd probably have them in the lineup ahead of them. And it so like he's got to kind of prove himself right now. Like he's got a golden opportunity. Yeah. Well, and I imagine what we'll see too, right, is that especially after the deadline, kind of as we get closer to the playoffs, like I imagine you're going to see a lot of guys coming in and out of the lineup in that bottom six, just because I think you don't want to have a guy sitting for like two or three weeks without playing a game. doesn't matter who they are, right? Like you want to have enough guys that are, are going right and playing hockey and playing games before you get into the playoffs, because you never know what can happen with injuries. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you don't want to have no, you don't want to like, even if I don't think Noel Char is one of the, like, the, the 12 best forwards on this team, I would still have him in the lineup at least every second or third game uh, for the remainder of the season. First of all, I'd play him a lot now just to get him up to speed. Right. Because right. after being away from so long, it takes a while to, to get back to, to play in the way you can play. And then, yeah, I'm probably just, there's probably three or four or five guys that I'm just kind of rotating through, making sure everyone's staying fresh so that when you get to the playoffs, you know, and, and a guy goes down with an injury, you're not turning to someone who's, been in the press box eating popcorn for a month right and i'm guessing that's probably what we'll, i hope at least that's what we'll see kind of over the next little bit yeah i i hope like obviously um it, it's yeah it's really important for him to get up to speed as fast as possible or else it will get to a situation where the, the other guys are just too far ahead of him. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. And at the very least, it's like at least just no, like he's never played under Andrew Brunette, right? Mm-hmm. I know it's very similar to Quenville, but it's still a different coach. So like just get him up to speed so at least you know what you have, right? And, you know, because some guys come back from injury and can play exactly like they were before. And sometimes player, guys aren't the same players. And so I think it's important to figure out where Noel Achari is at what his, you know, ability is at this point, and then kind of assess from there how much you want to use him down the stretch and how much you think you're going to need him going into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it is just – but I, I will say it's just nice seeing him in the line. I'm back on the ice. Um, it's great to see. Um, another guy we've talked about, uh, he had a big couple games here for the Florida Panthers, and we've talked about him a lot in recent weeks. Um, it's our guy Mason Marchment with a they were calling it a career night, um, which I feel like they're saying every week now with him. Uh, scores the hat trick, uh, against Minnesota, adds an assist yesterday. Um, just how important do you think how important do you think Mason Marchment is to this Panthers team right now? It's it's incredibly he's incredibly vital to the team. Like like aside from the off ice intangibles that I'm sure he gets along with the guys fantastically. I'm sure everyone loves each other and all that stuff. Um, you can't forget the fact that he's like a legitimate contributor on the ice. He's probably contributing at the pace of a top six forward. He's above a point per game right now. You know, but he's 
he's kind of he he's such a dynamic player. He can play in so many different roles. It's so hard to find that in a good NHL hockey player. Yeah, like right now, like he, he's on that third line, right? And that line is just clicking right now. Like the production that line is getting is second or first line production on a lot of teams, right? Yeah. With, with Reinhardt and, and Lindell through the middle. Um, they're just really clicking. And Mason Marshman, he is such a versatile player, right? That you can just move him up and down the lineup because he can, you know, he's a big body. He's fast. He can shoot, right? There are just so many things he gives you every night that you feel kind of comfortable playing him on any line really. And he's going to make that line better. Um, and I think you're seeing a guy who's just really confident right now too. Like I know my next kind of question was, is this a hot streak or do you think it's sustainable? Um, I think it's sustainable ish. Like I think, you know, he might. Yeah. I think it's a bit of both. Right. Like, like I think, yeah, it'll probably like, I don't expect him to yeah come out of nowhere and be a point per game player, but Absolutely. I think he's a fantastic player and he's a very vital piece of this team and he should be uh, fairly important uh, for the last half of the season. Um, but he is just absolutely blowing my mind this year with everything he's done. Yeah. He's the kind of guy that when we get to, to the playoffs that every team's going to be like, Oh man, like they're going to see the Panthers go on a, on a run and they'd be like, Oh man, like this is, what if we could have a guy like that on yeah. our team? You know, well, that would be a difference maker. Yeah. And he's just like, even if the production's out there, even the offense isn't there, like he's a high event player. Like he's drawing penalties, he's taking penalties, which isn't great. Right. He's always, he's, so, he's noticeable every time he's out there. He's making, he's having an impact in some way, it, whether it's a hit, whether it's a goal. Right. He's doing something that catches your eye every single shift. Absolutely. Right. And I love that you talk about like the intangible part of it too. And you watch it, like he plays with so much energy and you see it like when he scores, when his teammates scores, you see the energy and the excitement. And really that's, I think an entire team thing. Like this team loves celebrating each other's success, which I think is huge. Right. Right. And you see the fun that they're having. You see uh, the chemistry between guys both on and off the ice and I think that is probably the thing that separates a good from a great team. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And as I said, it's going to be a contributing factor down the road. And, you know, Marshman's playing for his, for his livelihood, kind of. Well, like he doesn't have a contract next season. Well, that, that was my last question on Marshman here was, We've talked about him a lot on this show. We have not talked about what his next contract could look like. If he continues this kind of production this year and has this crazy offensive year, what kind of contract do you offer a guy? Because it's great production, but it's such a short sample size. I think if you're Bill Zito, you're looking at something extremely similar, if not identical, to Carter Verhage. Yeah, like I think you probably want to pay him less. Like you want to pay him less, but the numbers the numbers make it really tough to do so. Yeah, and his you know, it's it's nice to enjoy his success, but if he keeps doing this, he's just going to cost the team more money. 
uh, down the line. Is it a guy you go like short term with, or do you try to go long term with him? Uh, it's a guy I'm probably trying to go short term with. I think that long term is it's too hard to like. It's too too risky. There's the sample size just isn't big enough that you don't want to get into a five six year deal and by year three tell yourself oh man like this isn't anywhere near what i thought i was going to be getting unless you get into a situation where it's like if by offering him that fifth and sixth year you're dramatically driving down the aav well yeah that's that's the only right factor right and then even if he isn't producing it at at the rate you want you can probably get rid of the contract fairly easily yeah and like and to me again because of the way he plays the game like it's a relatively safe player. Like there are some guys where it's like, if they're not producing offense, they're useless to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like his offense might dry up, but he's still going to get in other teams face and he's still going to throw big hits. Like he absolutely, uh, who was it that he demolished? I can't even remember. Oh, Joe check. On... He destroyed yeah. him. Right. Like he's always going to be able to do stuff like that. Right. So like, I'm feeling like, if you're paying whatever the amount is, right? Like, at least you'll do something, right? And the other factor you got to think about too is the age. Like, he's only 26. Exactly. Right? Like, he's in that prime, like, where it's probably as good as it's going to get, but he's also not in danger really of falling off a a production cliff. And I think where I'm coming from is, if you're Marchment, you want to make this a long-term deal. Because yeah. if you make this a short-term deal, it's going to expire around the tail end of your prime. Yeah. The, the other really interesting thing to me, too, is I think we've seen it a few times. Actually, more than way more than a few times, my goodness. With guys that like big wingers who play that physical style where um, – you, you look at the numbers on paper, like just their scoring totals and they're fantastic. And then you look at the underlyings and they're like, wow, okay. He shot 20%. He might not actually be that good. Right. Like David Clarkson comes to mind. Ryan Klo comes to mind. Right. Guys like mm-hmm. that. Then they get that, they get the payday and they fall the cliff, but Mason Marchman's underlyings are phenomenal. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like a smoke and mirrors thing. Like he genuinely seems like a, he's a legitimately good player, but every measure and the chemistry he has on that line like the reality is is like Lendell's not going anywhere anytime soon Reinhardt's not going anywhere why not just keep that line and lock them in yeah I think I think it's also going to come down to you have a a guy by the name of Jonathan Huberto to sign yeah I think that's going to be such a deciding factor is how much he's going to get paid in like in deciding how much others get paid. Yeah. Cause you've got to lock that guy down. Yeah. The one thing that doesn't worry me so much is like, I think it's easy to forget too, that like when Bill Zito took over this team, like there were some bad contracts on this team and a lot of things like guys that were just weighing this team down and limiting what they could do. But Anton Strawman's not here anymore. Keith Andel's not here anymore. Mike Matheson's not here anymore. And Bozito was able to get rid of all those guys really without harming the team too much. 
So I think if you get into a situation where there's cap issues, like I have full confidence that he'll be able to maneuver it to make this team still be incredibly good on the ice. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I think he'll be able to move out the guys who are making a little bit too much and shuffle around the money and his, the contracts he's negotiated so far with players, he's done a great job. Um, so like I have all the confidence in the world in the guy of getting it done. Yeah, yeah, I, I I do too. It's it's about making the money work on the business side, right? Like, like it's about making everything this entire vision fit under the cap that's not increasing a lot. In yeah, the next few seasons. Yeah, like it's a challenge for sure, but there are few, if any, GMs I would trust more to to handle it well than Bill Cito. Yeah. I think he's our guy, like yeah, ride or die. Yeah. Now, um, I know we're running a bit long here. I did want to talk about Andrew Burnett and and whether to uh, remove the interim tag, but we don't have time for that. Last thing I did want to say though, Panthers weather with Weeksy, new segment they're doing on social media. Do you like it? Yes. Whoever thought of this, just thank you, thank you yeah. so much. Like, because I, I said it to you, I was like, I don't know who was asking for this content, but like, I love it. It's so amazing. Oh man. Like, is it only on game days? Uh, not on game days. I think anytime they're in a new city, he'll tell us okay. what the weather is. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. He gives a little update on how everyone's doing. You know, it's, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I love it. I, it's just like, it's such like a little easy thing to do. They're just like, why not? He probably loves to do it too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally 30 seconds out of his day. <laughs> All he has to do is film a little video. And I, you know, it's great. It's just content. That's what people want. Yeah, literally. Um, so well done. But yeah, we'll end it there because we got to go to bed. Um, but thank you so much, everyone tuning and listening. Uh, and we're going to be back next Monday with a brand new episode. And we'll see you all then. Barkov to the net, Barkov between the legs, unbelievable!